and gentlemen, Rob Report here on 970 WDAY. Good afternoon, Teal. How are you? Doing fabulously today. You know, yesterday we, uh, I, we, I wanted to have a little bit of a conversation about the Woodrow Wilson High School thing. And, and we did a little bit. We had some inclement weather moving through the region. Obviously, very, very important that we uh, keep everybody updated on that. Uh, so we got cut a little short. But anyway, I wanted it gave me an opportunity. I invited Jim Shaw on the program today. Uh, his column, of course, was the one that sort of kicked off that debate. Uh, he and I, I, I think, have different points of view on it, I, although I, I, I understand where he's coming from. I mean, I, it, it's not like I think his argument is, is dumb or silly or anything like that. I get it intellectually. I understand it. I'm just not sure I agree with it. So we're going to talk with him about that coming up at 1.30. Uh, in the meantime, the uh, I, I, guess, I guess political Super Bowl today, the uh, James Comey testimony to uh, United States Senate Committee uh, when I've, have you seen anything about this to tell me? What, what are you making of it all? What, what, what are you seeing? I watched a large portion of it this morning yeah. uh, while I was doing other work at my desk. And I don't know. It, I think that this is a very big deal. And I think that more Americans than I was expecting agree with me because the live streams that I was watching, I tried two and they were overloaded. And by the time yeah. I'd gotten to the third one, there were 150 plus thousand people watching that particular stream as well. So one thing that I've taken away from it that I'm really glad for is that the American people are, people are engaged. Yeah, the American people yeah. are more engaged with this political scene than I expected them to be. With regards to the the testimony itself, I was very pleased with how forthright Comey was with his answers. He seemed very genuine he seemed like he really wasn't having to stop and do a lot of thinking to talk his way out of something when there was something he couldn't talk about in an open session he calmly stated that and the committee was like okay we'll readdress that when we get into the closed session and i also really appreciated that the senate committee itself really just stuck to there was less grandstanding. There was less grandstanding than I expected. I, I thought I thought we were, it was going to be replete with politicians trying to score points or talk over him, and it was it was informative, which is which is sometimes rare for for these these you know these these sort of high high profile testimony hearings like this. A lot of times it's just sort of a vehicle for politics, and I, I thought it was actually very informative. Also interesting is that I mean it's it's a it's really it's a mixed bag. For all the, the the political sides, right? I mean, there were certainly elements there where Trump did not come out looking very good. And I, I think what troubled me the most is where Comey said that during the meeting, you know, the attorney general was sent out of the room. Trump's chief of, chief of staff was sent out of the room. Um, Jared Kushner was, was, was sent out of the room. Trump orchestrated it so that he could be alone with the FBI director and then told the FBI director... I hope you can let this thing go or, or whatever it is. I'm paraphrasing whatever it is that he said exactly. Um, that, I mean, if that's, if that's a, an accurate characterization, I don't know if it necessarily crosses legal lines, but it's, it's deeply concerning. It's extremely reckless on behalf of the president. It's inappropriate at the very least. So the, Trump did not come out looking like that. And he's also going to have a problem uh, because, you know, Comey basically called it – not basically. Comey called him a liar several times. He was at, Comey was asked several times. Right. Uh, this is what the president said. Is this true? And Comey would say, "No. This is what the president said. Was is this true? No. 
The most recent opinion poll I have seen on President Donald Trump has him at 35% approval rating. If the American public believes Jim Comey that, uh, you know, the president just flat out lied about this stuff, uh, you know, whether or not that's illegal or impeachable or anything else, politically, it's going to take that approval even lower. And it's going to make it more difficult for Trump to advance his agenda. Um, You know, so, I mean, there were a lot of negative things there for Trump. On the flip side, though, the press didn't come out of this looking very good. Uh, CNN, during the the hearing, had to issue a correction saying that Comey was going to come out and, and directly contradict Trump's statements uh, that he was told by Comey that he uh, wasn't under investigation. CNN had to correct that. Uh, Comey also threw dirt on that New York Times story that members of the, the, the Trump cabinet or Trump t- transition team or whatever had been meeting with Russian intelligence. Uh, Comey said in the main that is inaccurate. He also threw story. I mean, he, he talked about, uh, he didn't name a lot of specific stories, but talked about a lot of reports uh, on all of the intelligence and the Russian investigation and everything. Said a lot of the reporting has been inaccurate. And honestly, I agree with him. A lot of the reporting has been so sensational, so over the top, so blatantly one-sided, uh, so so patently orchestrated by anonymous sources with their own political axes to grind that it has really hurt the press's credibility as well. And, and I think that's really a, a very interesting aspect of this, right? Because we're talking about what all of this is doing to Trump's approval and the public's level of trust in Donald Trump, right? Because Comey's saying Trump's a liar. That's going to hurt Trump. Trump doesn't come out of this looking very good. But the press doesn't come out of it looking very good either. And the thing at this point is that If Trump is unpopular and Trump is losing trust with the American public, he is doing so by rivaling the already basement level lows of approval and trust that the public has in the media. And I've I've said this before, Natil, that that a lot of times I feel like I am stuck between two unreliable narrators in, in a story. Where on one hand we have Donald Trump and he's saying this and he's saying that. And we know Donald Trump lies sometimes. We know he exaggerates sometimes. And sometimes it even just seems impulsive. Like it doesn't even seem as though he's doing it in pursuit of some the definable political outcome, right? It just sort of I mean sometimes he just he just lies about things just because, right? I mean like the the size of his inauguration crowd or whatever. I mean he just he does these things and it's like why are you even picking this fight? Why are you even doing this? So we know Trump does that. But we also know that the press because they hate Donald Trump because they tend to resent and not, I'm not talking about him monolithically, but certainly I think the national press where I think it's fair to say there's a lot of group think of it on display on a daily basis. I think it's absolutely true that there is an institutional bias to Donald Trump. There is an institutional rage towards the fact of his existence in the White House. And that manifests itself in their reporting by just their 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 lack of credulousness when it comes to some of their stuff they're getting by way of, of, of anonymous sources or whatever. They are they are running at this point with just about anything they can find that's negative about Trump, and it is hurting their credibility. And in the long run, it's hurting their ability to hold Donald Trump accountable because it's making people not trust them either. And if there was ever a time in American history where we needed to trust reporters, when we needed to trust journalism, it's now. Because Donald Trump is a president unlike any president we've ever seen before. 
He is a president in desperate need of accountability. And that is the press's job. And in a lot of ways, they're failing at it. Love to hear what you think about the uh, hearings today. 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Report here on 970 WDAY, talking about that uh, Comey hearing today. we got a uh, caller, Aaron, and by the way, if you want to join, 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. Aaron, you're up. What's going on? Uh, as far as the media, I, I've lost trust in it. I don't care anymore as far as the New York Times, Washington Post, CNN, MSNBC. News isn't reported as news anymore. It's all based on one's opinion. And I think the American, not everybody in this country, but a lot of people I talk to really don't care anymore. They don't Listen, know who to trust. Well, you here's, can, here, some of these, every, every article that you read these days on the Internet, I don't care if you're writing from MSN or AOL or go around, it's all this negativity on Trump. Well, why don't we give this guy a chance? It, it seems like the media wants, wants more division in this country than it's ever had before. And as far as trustworthy, it's an opinion. Okay. All right. Well, so let me let me let me interject list. a couple of let me let me interject a couple of things, Aaron, and then I'll see what you think about them. One, as far as as far as report, I all journalism, as far as I'm concerned, has always been opinion. It always has. I mean, every yep. if, if 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 you're going in and you're going to work a story, and it's it's about a, a house that's on fire, you're going to go there, you're going to observe things, you're going to talk with a bunch of people, you're going to document a bunch of facts, and then when you produce a report about it, you're going to make subjective decisions about which quotes you're going to include, which facts you're going to include, which which facts you're going to put in the headline as opposed to the last paragraph of the story, which pictures you're going to use. All of those are subjective opinions. And and, and to pretend as though the inherent biases as as, as much as I, I think I think most reporters strive to be fair, I think most of them they're not like twirling their mustaches out to like pursue an agenda maybe there's some like that out there but i think most of them are not doing that but they have biases right and they have worldviews and that colors their reporting and to say that 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 it doesn't is is baloney and i think what's happening with the national press is you have a lot of groupthink going on you have a lot of ideological and political it's it's very homogenous and that results in that that a lot of times i think is reflected in uh in in the coverage as for your second point uh, about you know everything being negative about Donald Trump, I would posit th- that you're right to a point. I think they definitely go overboard. I think they definitely hurt their own credibility by reporting stories that are thinly sourced, that turn out to be wrong. They hurt their credibility and thus their ability to hold President Trump accountable. But Donald Trump deserves some blame for inviting some of this and, and for, for doing oh, things like contradicting his own administration and saying things that are just dumb and, and indefensible sometimes. I mean, he's, well, you got to hold the president stop. accountable you know, to The tweeting's got to stop. But then again, I I, I'm thinking the reason why he tweets is because everybody's getting their news from the media 
and he's trying to just come out there and say things that how he sees it. Well, I, I don't disagree with you. I mean, tw- Twitter, especially for Donald Trump, of all people, can be a very effective tool for that. Social media in general, I think, can be a very effective tool for, for if, 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 if a political leader or anybody else, for that matter, feels like the press is not getting the point or they're not getting the real message out social media can be a way to circumvent that and just talk directly to the people and i don't think there's anything wrong with that but the problem is is that trump still does it very stupidly oh i agree but the media's gonna i'll tell you what the media better be careful because the i, I see it i talk to people out on the street people are sick of it yeah no i i don't disagree and and, and again i i think that's when I talk to people who work in, in the journalism industry and I, I tell them, like, well, look at look at this. Look at this declining trust in the news media. Look, look at a lot of things these, they're going that's that's going on where people just don't people just don't trust you. Um, they're, they're a lot of times they're cavalier about it. Right. They just like, well, you know, if, if we're doing our jobs right, we're going to make people upset. And and listen, I get that. Um you know, a lot of times the job, this job, my even my job at times, uh, although I'm I'm definitely an opinion guy, is is to go out and and, and say the unpopular thing or or, or 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 to report the unpopular facts. That's sometimes the job, and it makes people mad, and they'll accuse you of bias or having an agenda when you're just out there. The, the truth is, they're just mad because you're reporting something that's inconvenient for what they want to believe. That's definitely right. a part of it. But the press is one sided. I look at America's newsrooms. And I don't see a lot of people who see the world the way I do. I don't see a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I think that's a problem. I hear the journalists talk all the time about wanting diversity in the newsroom. And they're talking about gender diversity and racial diversity and things like that. And that's great. Um, I don't necessarily have a problem with those things. But how about ideological diversity? Right? How about, how about mm-hmm. diversity of thought? Uh, you know, because if right. you're going to if you're going to report about the great debates that we have in this country all the time from who's going to be the dog catcher in Podunk, Illinois, all the way up to what's our trade policy with China going to be? Or are we going to invade this country and go to war? If we're if you're writing about those things and everybody in your newsroom sees the world generally the same way and they're all generally voting for the same people, that's a problem that's going to result in 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 the sort of reporting that over the long run is going to alienate a portion of the population. And I think it's happened. And I think the news media needs to embrace that and figure out how to address it because it's hurting them. And, and right now I, I mean it. President Trump is a president. Unlike any we've ever seen before. If there was ever a time in this country where we needed the fourth estate to hold the powerful accountable, it is now right. They need to do it and they're blowing it. They're blowing it. There are totally so agree. many perfectly valid reasons to be critical of Donald Trump. There are so many avenues yep. to report negative things about his administration, and they'll take him to task because he's earned it. And the problem hey, is, he, he yeah. Had two, he, had two, he had two scoops of ice cream, and everybody else had one. Yeah, that story. That, that was CNN, right? Was it CNN who did that? <laughs> I don't know. Good but God. That's just... <laughs> well, you know. It, it it is what it is, and I I think we've all just got to keep doing our best, and uh, you know I don't. We we got to try to find the truth and sort through it, and and like I said, I think there's two unreliable narrators. I think you know Donald Trump has a propensity for not telling the truth, and I think a lot of times the media has a propensity to to get it wrong, 
maybe not outright fabricate it, but they do get it wrong a lot, and it's hurting them. So, Aaron, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. And the deal, am I, am I off the rails or am I making sense here? No, you're making complete sense. And it's for me, it's really hard to see the situation that Americans are in right now between having the unreliable narrator of the president and the politicians and the unreliable narrator of the yeah. uh, of the media. Because I went to school for journalism. My degree is in English and mass communications. I took a lot of journalism courses. So I'm very passionate about accountability in the media and, you know, solid investigative reporting. And it's hard to see that that's not a real thing anymore. It is. It is definitely. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this. Uh, we're going to uh, wrap this segment up and then Jim Shaw will be in next segment. We're going to talk about the high school thing. I, I imagine he has some maybe some thoughts about the uh, Comey hearing today as well. So we'll talk with him about that. 701-293-9000 if you want to join. 888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be back. Don't go away. All of the time. But I found myself in a place that I've never been. A place that. May God bless and keep you always. Welcome back, Rob Report here on 970 WDAY. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. My guest now, Mr. Jim Shaw, who uh, normally appears with Sandy Buttweiler on Fridays. But uh, I wanted to get him on today because he and I have a little bit of a disagreement about the uh, Woodrow Wilson High School, which uh, we'll discuss in a moment. But first, Mr. Hardy, I, I'm, I'm certain you, you've probably been following this, uh, the, the, the stories, I guess, surrounding the, the Comey testimony today. What you think? Boy, it was riveting. Um, I came away more impressed with James Comey than ever. I, I feel that he, at least in his heart, is a man of integrity. Uh, but I believed what he had to say. And um, I'm just bothered that we had this kind of relationship going on between the president and Comey. The president is supposed to keep his distance from the FBI director and not try to butt in. Uh, and that was alarming. And uh, one thing that struck me is with all those conversations, not once did Trump ever ask Comey, well, what are you finding about the Russian hacking, which was the whole point of everything. I, I'm astonished that that did not interest Trump enough to do that. It was mostly about Trump trying to make sure he was okay and trying to protect Michael Flynn. What did, you, what, did, what did you think? Well, what, what, what did you make? I, I thought it was sort of, and, and I guess it wasn't really on, on the topic of the day, but what did you make of, of Comey saying that President Obama's Attorney General, Loretta Lynch, had asked him uh, to modify his language, talking about the invest, asking him basically not to call the investigation into Hillary Clinton's emails an investigation, to call it a, a what, what was the term, a, a matter. I, I guess instead. I mean that that's. I mean if you, if you want to say that that President Donald Trump was was interfering, that seemed far more explicit than anything we know President Trump did to this point. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I missed that part. I didn't I didn't watch the whole thing. But but based on what you said, that's alarming. 
that yeah. that that she she totally crossed the line. That was totally yeah. inappropriate for her to say. I agree. Once Bill Clinton walked on that plane with her, she should have just zipped her lips and let yeah. Comey move on. And that her. doesn't excuse anything President Trump may have done. Um, that's not that that's that's not bringing that up. I mean, two wrongs don't make a right. So right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was it was it was it was remarkable. I also thought, and I don't know if you heard me. I, I thought it was a pretty bad day for the press too, because Comey came out. I mean, first of all, CNN had to correct, uh, you know, a major report that they had prior to this, where mm-hmm. you know they said that, that Comey was going to contradict that. You know, President Trump sort of infamously said that, that that Comey had told him he wasn't under investigation. That Comey was supposed to contradict that today. He didn't. CNN had to correct themselves, and and other media outlets that had was to a, correct that, themselves. That's a bad. That's a bad mess up. That, and, that's and, inexcusable. And they, that one is. And and also uh, also Comey came out and flat out said New York Times report regarding uh, Trump campaign members slash transition team members, uh, you know, meeting uh, repeatedly with Russian intelligence officials. Uh, he came out and said that that report in the main was inaccurate as well, and said that many other reports about this situation is, have have been inaccurate as well. And I I I think a lot of times I think it's it's so frustrating because I firmly believe President Trump needs to be held accountable. We need the journalists to be doing their jobs. Right. And in a lot of ways, when they when they screw up like this, they're not they're blowing it. They're blowing it when they do this stuff. Well, that's true. You know, and and but it's uh, as a former reporter, you know, you have to rely on your sources and you have to trust your sources, and sometimes. You get burned by your sources. It's not an intentional mistake, but they're lying to you or, or they didn't know it. I, I don't know if you ever saw the, the movie All the President's Men, which is a great yeah. movie. And Woodward and Bernstein, on the whole, did fantastic work. But there were a couple but of times didn't... where they got burned and they had sure. stories and published that, that turned out to be untrue. Because Frankly, that's happened they, to me. They, I've they had people wrong. tell me things that and, and I, I trusted them and it turned out not to be true. It's happened to me. And right. it's, it shouldn't. You try to, to avoid it, but we're human beings and things happen. It's just To me, it's just the sheer volume of reports that come out sometimes. And it's like the only everything is is i mean there's no outside corroboration everything's the anonymous source and i think we're starting to see a lot of these stories getting taken down or, or, or we're finding out that there's more context that there's problems with them and that's not good and, and especially i mean if you're a critic of donald trump and you want the president held accountable you can't have that happening because it's going to make it it's going to make president trump defending himself all the easier right but i but as a whole there there are far more stories that have been accurate that are than inaccurate and including huge oh. ones such as Trump asking Comey to drop the Flynn investigation or Trump passing along classified information to the Russians in the Oval Office. Those stories have been verified, and even Trump himself admitted them. So they're getting a lot more right than wrong, and they're telling us things that we wouldn't have known if it wasn't for their, if it wasn't for their reporting. Well, I don't know. Some of the wrong stories drive a lot of turmoil and a lot of headlines that, and when they turn out to be wrong, they have a disproportionate impact than all the true stories. I think you'd maybe agree, at, at least as far as that. I, 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 th- I think we both agree we got to get the stories right. Let's move on to Woodrow Wilson. Sure. Um, you think the name ought to be changed. I'm not so sure. And, and I say this. Woodrow Wilson was a progressive Democrat. As a conservative, 
I got little interest in defending the guy. I mean, even even the aspects of his policy agenda that he accomplished that most people widely believe to be good, I don't necessarily agree with. Just ideologically, I'm not inclined to defend this guy. You know, and On top of that, he's a racist. Right. Uh, there's no question about that. Right. But, so, I mean, if, if we were talking about a new school and we were picking a new name and somebody said, hey, why not name it after Woodrow Wilson, I'd say not only no, hell no. But this school's been named that for decades. And I, I don't know. I don't like this trend where it's like we're going to go and, and find skeletons in people's closets and rip names off buildings. To me, that smacks of erasing history, and it makes me uncomfortable. Well, obviously, I have a different viewpoint. I, I think it smacks of acknowledging history. Uh, I wish, I realize it's not possible, but I wish everybody would watch that outstanding documentary in PBS, and you would be shocked what you would have learned about Woodrow Wilson. And I, you would come away with the impression I had that he should be not be honored in any way, shape or form. But we have but to, be, about, we have mean, to if, be true to our history. And if we learned okay. it, if we learned it decades later after the man is dead and gone, so be it. But we're, we're correcting it. We're correcting a mistake. That school should never have been named for him in the first place. And we're finally coming to grips with that. So where do we draw the line then? Because George Washington owned slaves. Thomas Jefferson owned mm-hmm. slaves. Franklin Delano Roosevelt interred 120,000 uh, Japanese Americans, not to mention thousands of German and, and Italians uh, during World War II. I, I mean, where does it end then? I mean, are we going to take their names off buildings and streets no, and no, everything else? Not at all. I, I, well, isn't that a double standard? No, I don't think it is. I, I think you look at, at the person's whole body of work, and I think at the end of the day, you still come out of the conclusion that George Washington and Abraham Lincoln, who have schools named after them here in Fargo, did great things for this country. Sure. Uh, they all had flaws. Everybody has a flaw. You, you, if you know by by what Owning you're saying, slaves is a pretty big flaw. In turning 120,000 Japanese Americans, is a no pretty question, big, pretty big flaw. No, no, no question. Uh, I, I, I. I'm agreeing with you, and, and I'm trying to, which is one of the arguments people are saying about why we should keep the Wilson name is that, well, Wilson was a product of his times, and my argument is no, he was not. He took things to a new level. He started the crackdown on American civil liberties where people were sent to prison for 20 years. The Espionage for, Act. The Espionage the Sedition and the Sedition Act. Act for speaking their mind or daring to criticize the government, or sometimes it was trumped-up charges. He's the one who segregated the federal government and fired African-Americans. And he's the one who encouraged the slaughter of African-Americans by white mobs. So he took things to a new level. The reason I give a reluctant pass to George Washington and Thomas Jefferson is because that was already there in the American South. It doesn't justify slavery, but that system was there, and they went along with it, and maybe they didn't recognize it then as so abhorrent that we recognize it today or 100 years later with the Civil War. I understand that. Here's here's the thing, though, because I I went through through high school, and I took history class, and I was deeply interested in history. I, I loved it. And I didn't spend a lot of time, it, a, a lot of the, the founding fathers, the presidents, these sort of icons of American history, in the public schools, a lot of times what you're getting there is hagiography, right? I mean, you're, you're getting a very sanitized view of them. 
And so it wasn't until I was well out of high school that I started learning some of the some of the darker aspects. And I think that's an important thing to learn. Uh, as a conservative, I think people ought to be skeptical of government. And I think that's an important le- lesson is to learn that people with all this enormous power are sometimes capable of some truly awful things. So I, 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 I guess to, to me, maybe leaving the name could, could, could give some impetus to say, listen, this was a very flawed person who is – who you know stood astride some very important history in, in America, but he was a deeply flawed figure. Uh, we're just coming to, to grips with some of that in modern times because obviously there was a time where where people felt highly enough of him to put his name on that school in the first place. Um, I, to me, I don't know. To me, that's a teachable moment. To me, well, you, you teach that. You don't erase it. Well, well, how do you feel about the Confederate flags being moved from state capitals in South Carolina? And Alabama, would you well, have symbol. preferred to I don't, I, that's, a, that's, a, that's a symbol. I'm not sure you can compare that to a person. All right. Well, then I'll give you other examples. Uh, there have been schools in Florida and Texas named after Confederate leaders, and they were renamed as we came to grips with really what the Confederacy stood for. Was that wrong? You know... I would have. I think I would have left the names, and and not so much to honor them, because I'll be, I mean, here the the fact that the school at one point was named after it, and I I think that is important because what you're describing is a transition in how we feel about these figures, right? Our view, obviously, there was a time that Woodrow Wilson was considered someone who was appropriate to name a school after, right? There was a time in Florida, I guess, where naming a school after a Confederate general or you know official in the Confederacy was considered okay. And, and to me, maybe you leave the names there and you say, well, this name is here, but we're not necessarily honoring it anymore. Here's what we're doing. I mean, here's here's the transition. Here's who they really were, warts and all. And here's here's how our view of that has evolved over time. I mean, again, teach that. Don't erase uh, it. Teach it. All right. But to me, if you have a school named after somebody, that's a great honor. That's about the highest honor you can receive. Yeah. And Woodrow Wilson is not worthy of it. So it's a teachable moment. But we're not, but but we're not it, naming it. It's already named. I mean, right. We're not talking well, about I'm whether saying, to name a school after. We're I'm talking about whether it, to take a, the name it's off. It's a great teachable moment to remove the name and understand why. That's a perfect teachable but then, but, moment. But, but, the, but then that's a teachable moment for one generation of students. If we left it there, it could be a teachable moment for generations of students to come. Because what are we going to name it after? You know what we're going to do? If we take Woodrow Wilson down, we're going to name it after. We're going to name it Legacy or, or I, some other I lame, milk toast, stale name because everybody wants to avoid controversy. Right. Well, it's, I, I was asked by the forum, and it's it, – by the way, it's an interesting dynamic where you go from the reporter to the one being interviewed. But at any rate, uh, I was asked, well, what would I suggest for names? And I – so the, the names I came up with, Dennis Walliker, former mayor of Fargo – Martin Luther King, Anne Frank. Uh, I think those names would stand the test of time, and yeah. they would all stand for something. So I, 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 I agree with you. I don't like those generic legacy discovery centennial names. I like, I like the idea. If, if we're going to name a school in North Dakota, let's name it after somebody from North Dakota, right? Like, we do that sure. so often where we're naming all these schools after these. Woodrow Wilson really doesn't have any ties to North Dakota. In None. Really None. Never set foot way. in the state right. as far as I understand. And are you aware? Maybe you're not. And this is what's another thing I found in the research. The school was named in 1917 
when Wilson was president, and I'm I'm assuming we we will both agree. I don't it's like a bad idea living. to name a school after president when they're still in office. I like I like Ed Schaefer. I think Ed Schaefer's a great I think he's one of the best leaders our state's ever had. I did not like that Congressman Kramer got that egg facility named after that USA USDA facility named after him. Now I don't mean that as any slight to Ed Schaefer. Mm-hmm. I just as as a matter of principle, I don't like the idea of naming after living politicians. John Stossel had a great column I agree years with ago called I agree with he, he called it the edifice complex and I well, at least we agree that far. We agree that far. And well, I, I, we're I under- progress I under- here, Rob. And I understand, I understand the argument that you're making. I, I'm not, I don't think it's a crazy or stupid argument. I understand it. I just I, I just get a little reticent about trying. To me, it feels like we're trying to sanitize something. And I would rather take ugly moments from history, such as naming a school after a terrible president who was a, a racist, instead of sanitizing that. Lean into it and, and, and teach it. I, I guess that's the argument that I'm making. Maybe well, that's not so crazy. Well, you know, I, if you're a student going to that school, don't you want to be proud of the person the school is named that after? As opposed proud. to be, I would be embarrassed to go to a school named Woodrow I would Wilson be, I would be proud because in America, I think we have a bad habit of, of sweeping the ugly, ugly aspects of our history under the past. I would be proud to go to a school where the ugly history was embraced to put right out on the table for everybody to see. So if it was called uh, Jefferson Davis High School or O.J. Simpson High School, I would not be okay that. I would, that. I would not. I would not do that today. But if that was, if that, if, if for some reason it happened, and then obviously O.J. committed a murder, and then, well, alleged. I guess he was acquitted. I don't know. We're out of time. I think we've both made our points. Jim, thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. More to come. We'll wrap up the show right after this. Seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. Don't go away. Welcome back. Rob Report. Not a lot of time here. Attorney General Wayne Stengem coming up tomorrow. We're going to talk with him about the uh, travel ban thing. He, along with 16 other state attorney generals, uh, supporting President Trump on that. So tune in for that. Jay Thomas show coming up straight ahead. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again.